Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Dorothy, well, welcome. Dorothy, can you hear me? Let me do an audio check. Can you hear me, Dorothy? I hear you just fine. I am having a ton of technical difficulties with my high-tech audio equipment, um, which means my <laughs> headpiece. <laughs> so I apologize, uh, Dorothy, for for making you hold your breath to see if I was going to hop on or if I fell asleep tonight or something like that. Uh, guys, everyone who's listening and who will be listening after the fact, welcome to uh, Blog Talk Radio. This is Dorothy Carruthers' uh, channel, The Portal. My name is David Murray. And as always, it is an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to uh, to come on here and to be able to share some things that are on Father's heart. And Dorothy, so we, we always get a chance to talk ahead of time, and we're not going to be able to, but I'll catch up with you afterwards. We will jump right into this, guys. We have been talking about, um, in the last several months, you know, what I try to do, one of the things that is on... Uh, my heart that Father prepares me for are the different seasons that the body of Christ moves through. The scriptures will tell us there's times when we camp, there's times when we march, and there's times when we begin doing warfare. And one of the things that the body of Christ, one of the blessings for us being the body of Christ, is the scriptures say that we are one body composed of many parts, many giftings, um, with one body and one spirit and one Lord, one head, Jesus Christ. One of the things that um, I am blessed and honored to do is to share some of the small things that, that Father God shares with me as we enter into different seasons. The purpose, guys, for having understanding or for having prophetic insight is so that we can more effectively cooperate with what Father God wants to do through the church. Remember Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, and I am giving you the authority, the right, I'm paraphrasing here now, the authority, the right, 
in my name, go forth and cleanse the leper, raise the dead, uh, cast out demons, preach the gospel to the ends of the nation. And that was just before he, he returned to the Father, after his, um, his death, burial, and resurrection. So where am I going with this, guys? Guys, we have entered into a new season. There will be times when Father shares on his heart what he wants to do and what he is doing. Many times there is a, a prep, preparation time. There is a birthing process time, and then there is an excelling in that process, in that season. We are in the birthing season of a new epic, the word epic, E-P-O-C-H, that we have entered into. In 2020, moving forward, um, I see this out for this season extending. I don't have an exact date on this, on, on this date, but we have entered into a time when Father is moving the church out of one season of what's on his heart into a new season. So three things we'll talk about tonight. What is an epic? What epic have we entered into? And how do we prepare and partner with Father God in, in this season? So the word epic, E-P-O-C-H, is a period of time in history or in a person's life, typically one marked by notable events or particular characteristics. That's Webster's definition. A period of time in history or a person's life, typically one marked by notable events or particular characteristics. That's the definition of an epic. It looks like it's spelled epoch, but it's pronounced epic. So what epic has the church entered into? I'm going to invite you all to go back. If you haven't already, there's two audios. This is really part three. You don't need to listen to the other two, but there certainly will be a blessing and will help round things out because I don't want to be redundant. Um, I did a broadcast back in uh, July, 7, uh, July 719 of last year, uh, Kingdom Insights for 2019, Father is Moving, Are You?, and the second one I did uh, was Prophetic Insights Part 2 for 2019, A New Epic Has Begun. Both of those can be found on Blog Talk Radio or on Dorothy's YouTube channel. I invite you to look at them, to digest them. I am going to today just be talking about rounding some of those things out, beginning to share some more of the particulars. And really, this is more of an introduction for some things we're going to be begin talking about the next several months. In summary... God has raised up a new generation of Christians. I have discussed this and shared this and encouraged the body of Christ for a number of years now that Father was preparing a generation of Christians that are completely sold out to him. What does that mean to be sold out to him? Well, it's not about legalism. Being sold out to God is not about um, external acts of self-righteousness. Being sold out to the Lord, by his definition, means for him to own every part of our heart. Our desire, our intention is to feel what he feels, believe what his word says is true, and to act upon it. When we talk about believing what his word says is true, it's in relation to who he says he is who he says we are as his children and the great commission that he has called us to fulfill to our lost brothers and sisters. 
God's lost children that are not redeemed. So there's a generation that had been quietly, uh, silently for many years, some people, um, some of these brothers and sisters had been getting prepared. They had been out on their own healing and learning about who the Lord is and who they are as a child of God. And this generation has now been raised up. It's a generation that cares nothing but loving God as he loves and doing what is on Jesus' heart. What's on Jesus' heart, guys, number one is reconciliation. It is the destruction of sin and his reconciliation of his creation. They are two separate issues. The destruction of sin is for the purpose of greater intimacy with our creator. And that's a love for our neighbors, a love for the lost, a love for the church, a love for ourselves. That's the number one, the biggest area that, that um, the church has been invited to heal is a love for ourselves. Much of the anger and much of the things we've struggled with, and we'll talk about this uh, in a little bit more in detail, is, is, is rooted in the fact that we don't love ourselves. And we don't love ourselves because we have been beaten and hurt and abused physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally to thinking that we are not special and valid. And we have taken that into our walk with God, and it's a corrupt lie. It's a demonic belief system that says our Heavenly Dad doesn't really love us. We have to jump through certain hoops in order for us to be acceptable. He has invited us for a few years now, specifically in the United States, to begin to repent of that lie and to heal and to begin to know what it means to be the righteousness of Christ. One of, one of my jobs has been to teach that to bring forth the new wine. The righteousness of Christ with application of what that looks like is some of the new wine in these end times. And one of the messages that God has prepared is for certain people to bring forth that new wine. One of the greatest challenges the body of Christ will always face is that when we are offered something from the Lord, we will want the old wine. We will want to do things and relate to God according to our own terms, which comes from hurt and self-hatred. A generation has been raised up that have dealt with these issues in their heart. And what is taking place, the Lord spoke to me on two scriptures, two portions of scriptures. The first one is Numbers 14.29. The second one is Isaiah 65.20. And I just love it because a lot of our audience love camping in the Old Testament, which, praise God, I, I love the Old Testament. I relish it. I, 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 some of the greatest aspects of God's nature are demonstrated by understanding his nature through the different, the different um, dispensations that he has revealed himself through man. But remember, guys, as we read the word of God, that everything points to the cross, which is the doorway to intimacy with the Father. From Adam and Eve straight through every covenant God cut, 
the Mosaic, the Adamic, the Noahic, the Davidic, the Mosaic, the Israeli covenant, all those covenants. It's not just the Mosaic covenant, guys. There's seven major covenants. All point to the time when the Holy Spirit would come inside of us and God would empower us to have new hearts and new minds. That is the new wine. Having a new heart and a new wine. And it is not based upon self-righteousness any more than Jesus endorsed the self-righteousness of the Pharisees. He condemned it. He's condemning it today. Nothing has changed. What's on his heart is that our father wants intimacy with his children, and we cannot enter into intimacy, guys, if we do not begin to see ourselves the way he says he has made us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything is skewed if we do not drink of that new wine. So Numbers 14.29, I have been silent for several months now. In fact, this year I have cut way back on how much I have um, written and taught and shared on my, my, um, my website on dwmurray.com. I have um, deliberately cut back on how much I have taught on the air, on this platform and a few other platforms. It's not because it hasn't been on my heart. It's because God has pulled me back in this, in this situation, this season as well, in preparation for what is begin coming to come forth. And as I began speaking to the Lord and saying, Father, you know, when, when are some of these things going to come to pass? What does this look like? And he took me to Numbers 14, 29. I'm going to read that for you right now. 14, 29. Now, this is the Lord. Okay, in Numbers chapter 14, the Lord has just finished giving them the law. The law was given to the Jews. They just left Egypt. They're sitting by, uh, by Mount Sinai. Um, the Lord invites them to intimacy, and they say, in essence, no. Moses will go tell Moses what to do, and you tell us. If we come near you, Lord, we're going to die. So the first thing Father did in, in the Mosaic Covenant was offer them intimacy. They said, no, we want rules and law. Paul made it very clear that the law was given to show them they can't earn their own righteousness. Right, that's not me. That's scripture. It's not very taught on. It's not popular because we feel good about doing things because we think we can earn validation. We think we can actually add to the righteousness of Christ somehow. Complete blasphemy. It's a lie from Satan. It's not your fault, guys. We've been taught a bunch of crap. I'm just going to be honest. And God is, is saying enough is enough. I'm just being real. I love you guys. Uh, I have a hatred to the lies and, and the legalistic wine that we have been forced to drink um, for the past 500 years. So, um, in, in Numbers 14, you just got done with the rebellion. There was just this major rebellion. Uh, the Jews want to stone Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb because the 12 spies went out. They said, we can't take the land. Caleb and Joshua say, yes, we can. The whole congregation, including the elders... They get together and they say, we're going to kill these guys, appoint a leader, and go back to Egypt. Right? So the Lord speaks. He deals with all that nonsense. And the Lord speaks and he says to them, uh, 1429, 
The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear this evil congregation who complains against me? Um, As I live, said the Lord, the carcass of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years older and above, except Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones, here's the key, guys, in verse 31. But your little ones whom you said would be victims. In other words, the, all, the congregation, this million-man assembly nation out in the wilderness said, if we go and fight these giants, they're going to kill us, and they're going to make our children slaves. And so to me, this is one of the most heart-wrenching and touching exchanges um, in, to me with the Lord dealing with the Jews is in verse 31. But your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. Okay, guys, I'm going to read that again. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. In other words, God was setting the record straight. And... Guys, this is the crossroads that we have passed. There is a generation in the church that were meant to leave religion and begin to pick up Father's heart and his identity. Isaiah 65, 20 was the second verse the Lord had given me. Never again... Will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years? The one who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere child, and the one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. There are two things Father God has promised us that he is birthing to fulfill in the body of Christ. One is that when the elders and the people that have exalted themselves as teachers have fed the body of Christ, lies and discouragement and fear are going to die in the wilderness. And that's not a curse, guys. God does not, he's not angry with us. He's not angry with his children, but he is judging the lies and the spirit of witchcraft in the church. Now, when he deals with sin, Jesus atoned for us with the righteousness of Christ, but he will deal with sin. And he has said, I've had enough. He is dealing with the sin that's in the church. The nation is not going to be judged before the church, guys. That's doctrine. That's scripture. That's not me. That is scripture. And it doesn't matter how long we quote about how wicked this nation is. The church will be judged before this nation is judged. That's Bible. That's not me. And it doesn't matter If anyone gets upset at those words, the scriptures say judgment begins at the household of God. Because it is only a purified body of Christ that reflects the love and holiness of Jesus that will offer the lost something to turn to when their sins are judged. I'm going to say that again. The, the world, the lost, this nation will not be judged until the church 
can be a light to them so that when judgment comes, they can see the light and turn to it. So, two things. Those have said we can't enter in, and we need to be afraid. We need to store up. We need to uh, repent, repent, and pray with no words of what that actually means. Uh, the Lord's had enough of it. There have been people that have been crying out for the goodness of God. They've been crying out for the mercy of God. And God has answered them and says, I will teach you. I will heal you. I will show you the path of life to walk in it. And the people have said it can't be done. God is going to say, watch what I can do. And the second is he will fulfill and is fulfilling the time to bring forth great blessings and honor to the body of Christ for those that have allowed themselves to receive the new wine. Guys, the best wine is always saved for last. He's getting ready to bring this forth with signs following through the church. The end of the world is not yet coming. And forget any prophetic insight, guys. Until we are walking in the power and the image of Christ, we're not ready for his return. We're not ready for the, the judgments. Because the scriptures say that the kings will turn to the light and the glory of God's image on the earth. The kings will come as darkness covers the earth. That the kings and the Gentiles will turn to the light that is in this world. That's the church. The church is not displaying a whole lot of life. The church in the United States of America by and large, is not displaying a lot of light. We're displaying a lot of other things that are consistent with the kingdom of darkness, all the while pointing at the lost and at this nation, at the president and at our politicians saying, Lord, judge them. And what the Lord's response is, I will judge my house first. And I've been saying this for a few years, guys, pointing us to the scriptures. This is not about me. I'm nothing special, guys. So here's what he's doing. This is about everything in Father's, give, in Father's heart. This epic is about all the Father's kingdom is being given to his children to empower them to allow Jesus to transform their lives and transform others around them. There is a transference of kingdom wealth that has already begun upon the body of Christ. He is raising up um, people that have allowed him to change their hearts. There is going to be a transference of authority. There's going to be a transference of wealth. There's going to be a transference of supernatural provision. Now, I'm not talking about wealth. Guys, when I talk about wealth, the patriarchs were wealthy. They did not live for themselves. Through the wealth, David was a light to the Gentiles around him. So if we think we're going to have wealth so that we can spend it on ourselves, um, we've disqualified ourselves. Kingdom wealth, wealth that is transferred into the hands of the church is to use for the purpose of what is on Father's heart. 
So those just say, well, that's a, you know, name it and claim it and the prosperity message. Prosperity is biblical. It's what we do with it that is selfish, that is unbiblical. Greed, self-centeredness, self-centeredness um, hoarding, lasciviousness, those are unbiblical. But having kingdom abundance so that we can do what God wants to accomplish on this earth is biblical. That's why Jesus was able to say to the disciples, go in and grab a fish and take the gold coin that's out of it so they could pay their taxes. Right? Supernaturally, with one swing of a fishing rod, all of the taxes that were paid to Caesar were paid in an instant. That's kingdom supernatural provision. He is releasing that upon the body of Christ to those that can steward that. And we'll get into, you know, stewarding down the road. We're going to get into what it, what it means to, to be stewards of the kingdom's riches and ki- our father's riches and what that looks like. And it doesn't look like what these mega churches are, are saying it is. That's the counterfeit. The legitimate is that there is kingdom wealth being passed through, and it will be used to reach the ends of the earth of the lost. It will be used to finance those that want to go where Father is telling them to go. And that's kingdom. That's Bible. There's a transference of spheres of influence that are taking place. They will take place in seats of government. They're going to take place in the body of Christ in the terms of those that are seen as elders, both in the institutional system, the traditional system, and those that are seen as elders outside it, in home fellowships, in gatherings, in the non-traditional circles. Social media has opened up an entire new net of communication. There are some that walk the fence. They have an audience with traditional institutional church. They have some that are outside the institutional church. There are some that are just in one or the other camp. God is going to be removing spheres of influence for those that have, have refused to come into alignment of what he has said to do, and he will begin placing increased platforms of influence and audience, those that are prepared and have Father's heart as their heart. This is the epic that we are in. We have entered into a new time. Now, here's the great news. All of this so far is great news. It's fantastic. Um, it's fantastic. Some of us have been waiting for decades that the Lord has shown some of this stuff to. We're finally hitting where the fullness of the wheat and tares within the body of Christ are coming to the surface. I'm not talking about false converts or any of that nonsense. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about children of God that have said yes and children of God that have said no. Guys, there is time. Let's go on to the last point that we're going to talk about tonight, and then we're going to follow up in the weeks and months to come. How do we prepare and partner with the Lord in this? Number one, many of you are thinking, where are we? Is there time? Guys, there is time. There is time to participate with Jesus, but there is no time to waste. There is no time. The God's kingdom cooperating through the brothers and sisters, the children of God that are obedient are already on the march. The camp has been struck. The tents have been struck. I mean struck. I don't mean hit by judgment. I mean uh, it's an expression, military expression. You strike the camp or strike the tents. You, you fold them down. You're breaking them. You're moving on. It's called striking the camp. The camp has been struck. It is moving. 
the church is on the move. It is on the move in a minority, in a remnant. The remnant are on the move. This is, guys, what God is doing. This is what is on his heart. There's no time to lose, but there is time. If we want to begin stepping into and being a part of picking up our commissions, guys, there have been commissions that have been anointed to people that have been moved on to someone else. Because, because there's been members of the body of Christ that just say no. Now, there are those that are aware of these things. They're moving in, in they've been struggling. I know many brothers and sisters, many that are in this season, in that wilderness of preparation. I'm not talking about those people. God's already got many of your attention. He's already has many of you. You already know you have to work on identity. You already understand those things you struggle with. That's not what, what, what is leaving us outside of marching orders from the Lord. It's those that have refused to soften their hearts. If we want to take part of the transference of picking up our assignments of authority, kingdom stewardship of wealth, power, a changing of the elders, a changing of the movement of the spirit, all of this is underway. If we want to step in line with what God is doing and be used how Father wants to fulfill us in our own commissions, number one, the number one thing that is on Jesus' heart, his agenda, is he's speaking to hardened hearts. The hearts that he, what Jesus is calling for, guys, is an, a full, unconditional surrender. Jesus is calling for an unconditional repentance of the hardened hearts in the church. We need to prepare ourselves and to begin to break up the hardened soil in our own soul. What does that mean? That means we need to begin to place ourselves before the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I acknowledge my sin of a hardened heart. I acknowledge I've tried to find worth in my own doing. For some of us, guys, we found self-worth in saying we're unworthy. That is just as blasphemous as trying to find self-worth through pride and through followings and through social media or through having a, a, a great huge assembly so that people can call us pastor or apostle or prophet or teacher or whatever it is. Jesus doesn't care about physical titles. He cares about the titles that are in our heart. And many of us are wearing titles of self-righteousness in our heart. He is calling right now for an unconditional repentance of that. Guys, the sword is at the door. And for those of you that have listened to me these past four or five years or, or you know, go on to my, my um, website that have a rounded picture of all the different teachings, you know I don't share this lightly, guys. And I've always said to the Lord, I'll share what you say, and if I don't, that's the day you just take me home. Because there's nothing else here for me. 
And what I share, guys, is in love, and it's the love coming from your heavenly dad's heart. There's not wrath in this. Jesus was the wrath of our sins. Guys, we need to get our doctrine straight, and we're not doing it because we don't want to. We can't fool God, guys, and he sees what we tune into. He sees the tickling desires of our itching ears and what we want to listen to and tune into. And that will be judged. There's no wrath in it. Guys, judgment is meant to set us free from sin. It's love. But there will be, I've also seen, a large portion of the body of Christ that will die in anger and unforgiveness. Because they refuse to allow God to have their hurts and wounds that have caused us to feel anger, self-hatred, hatred for others. Guys, there's no, there is no longer any time to waste. I said this several years ago. The, president, the present administration that was elected was elected to give the body of Christ time. It was mercy. It was time to heal and mature. I said that a few years ago before Trump's inauguration. Not interested in Trump. I've talked about him before. That's not what's on Father's heart right now. What's on his heart is the church. It is the light and salt of the world that is not being the light and salt. And if we don't, guys, it's okay. He loves us anyway, but he's moved on. The remnants are marching. They're going to begin taking up places of influence. They're going to be in places where it, right now, guys, right now we're going to close with this, but food for thought, we're going to prepare our hearts, begin repenting of the areas we know we've been in unforgiveness, and begin to invite Jesus into the areas of our soul that need healing. And it's going to take work. It's going to take time. It's going to be, we have to deliberately walk through that and walk through identity. I wrote a book on identity. There's a free PDF on my website. It's about scriptures of saying, we accept we've been fully pleasing and we're loving to the Lord. Independent of our works. How we choose to live is separate. That will determine whether or not we're going to take place in what he's doing. But for right now in this time, guys, He's calling us to turn from our unforgiveness and our hatred and our willful decision to listen to deluding doctrines. Right now, if we don't like what someone shares, um, we could just we just ignore them. If someone challenges us too much, we could just turn them off. <laughs> Guys, in the epic we have entered into, we are going to begin seeing everywhere we turn, there will be a remnant calling us to turn from our unrepentant hearts. They will move with signs and wonders and miracles following. They will display the glory of the Lord in the same way Stephen shown the glory of the Lord to non-believers. New Testament, New Covenant, non-believers who were stoning Stephen to death saw the glory of the Lord on him. We're going to begin seeing the same thing in this generation. And it doesn't matter if 
we are an angry, bitter, and the, and the love has grown cold in the church, these people will call up and they will be part of an end-time harvest. He will bring many people to the Lord. We will see home fellowships spring up all over this nation. We will see miracles working. We will, we will be able to go to people for answers, for prayer, for breakthrough. It will be commonplace. In the same way that Solomon made silver as bronze and non-precious metals in his day, that's the way the signs and miracles and the love and manifest presence of Jesus is going to be like through these individuals. And we will have nowhere to turn, no excuse of where to go to, because they're going to be all around us in our face. And either we will step in line and be transformed into the image of Christ ourselves, or we will turn more toward anger and fear and self-hatred and shame and partnering with all sorts of unclean spirits ourselves. Either way, Jesus will be moving through his remnant. And we will see a whole new generation of people brought to Christ in this nation. Guys, this is the epic that we have entered into. And we'll talk more about in the weeks to come how to continue to partner with this. Right now, the main thrust of this and in closing with this, guys, is we need to, he's calling us to take an inventory, to look in the mirror and to allow the Holy Spirit to reflect back upon ourselves. And have the courage. Number one, guys, as you do this, remember. Hebrews 10.10. He loves you fully. You are accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1.6. Colossians 1.21. You have been reconciled and are fully pleasing and blameless. 2 Corinthians 5.17 and 5.21. We're new creatures in him. We've been given a new spirit, a new heart, a new mind. We're made the righteousness of Christ. Guys, it's okay for us to say, I messed up. Because he loves you always unconditionally. The fact that we are afraid to look at these things underscores the lies that we are still in bondage to. It's okay, guys. It's just time to heal. There is time for this. There's time to begin. You're going to begin meeting and hearing about some of these people. They are safe. They won't betray you. These are brothers and sisters that will walk among this earth like Jesus did. They're not perfect, but they love. And love is what causes us to walk in holiness. It is love that releases the conviction and the desire to walk in the nature of Christ. That's the definition of holiness, to be the same nature as our Lord. Grasping how he sees us positionally empowers us to live relationally the same way. So big stuff, is it heavy stuff? Guys, you betcha, man, and I love, I live for this stuff. This is, this is all that matters to me. It's all that matters, guys. Anything else is passing time. I love you. I love the church. I love our lost brothers and sisters. So I invite each and every one of us to begin, whenever we don't listen to this, 
Get alone with the Lord and ask him to begin speaking to your heart. Don't let fear motivate you. Let it be a longing. Let it be a holy jealousy. Let it be love for him. Guys, the bottom line is he's worthy. He deserves everything. And he's offering everything to us through the covenant of Jesus Christ. So, that ends tonight. We will, Lord willing, talk uh, next week or the week after and begin discussing some more of what these things look like and how we can continue to partner with him. Uh, Dorothy, anything in, in, uh, in sharing before I close? No, I think you covered everything. It, it's definitely, you know, I, I've been seeing that for this year, at least for 2020, coming into the new epic, it's going to be like yeah. awesome. And it is really it, awesome. It is. There's, I, I, I could not agree more, Dorothy. And um, uh, we're going to start hearing more about this. Guys, this is a challenging word because it, it, the Lord's word will always challenge the, the agenda of man. Um, but there are others that will begin sharing very similar things because God does not contradict himself. And um, really, we, we have the Holy Spirit. So, guys, if this doesn't bear witness with your spirit, toss it out. I love you. It's okay. You don't have to send me hate mail, but if you do, I love you anyway. Uh, I love you anyway. It doesn't matter. But if it does bear witness with your heart, praise God you're not alone. Enter into it. Guys, feast on my website. Right? I don't ask for any donations. Uh, um, I, I don't need them. God provides supernaturally for us. Uh, get into the scriptures. There's many different topics that are on there. Um, have the courage to heal. Have the courage to say, Satan, you are a liar. And um, let God be true and every man called a liar. So God bless you guys. I bless you in the name of Messiah Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith, my Lord and my friend, Jesus Christ. God bless you and look forward to speaking with you and, and bringing some more things forth soon. Dorothy, thank you as always for the honor of having this platform. Um, and I will speak to you soon. Good night, David. Have a blessed evening. You too. and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We were hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your heavenly dad loves you deeply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.